time something hurt them. They didn't just go to a doctor, they did way more than that. There must be something I did with my right arm that was incorrect. And the person shouldn't just go and get a second, third opinion. Wherever you get your podcasts from, or our own website, prismoftorah.org. This is The Prism of Torah with Rabbi Saf Aaron Prisman. This week's sponsorship is provided by the Weitzner family in loving memory of their father and grandfather. May it be in Aliyah the Neshama for Moishichil ben Meir. Shalom Avacha. In this parsha, Parsha's Tetzaveh, we know the parsha speaks about the garments of the Kohanim, their different types of clothing, and there are many, many very deep messages in this parsha. You can look at the Orachim HaKadosh and the Kli Akal. It's fascinating how many Remazim and Soidois are hidden in this Parsha. The same as last week's Parsha, Parsha's Tuma. I want to share with you an incredible, fascinating concept the Ran finds in this Parsha. My esteemed Chavrusa of Rabbi Baruch Shechter pointed out to me, and I want to share with you because I think it is incredible to live by this concept. So as we started off saying, in Parsha's Tetzave, the Parsha talks about the different garments of the Kohanim, and the Kohen Gadol has eight different Gadim, eight different garments. One of them is called the Choyshen. The Choyshen is a garment made of different types of strings, gold and other strings. And it's a breastplate that lies on the heart of the Kohen Gadol. Within it, or on it we should say, there's room for 12 stones. So they, they made placements for 12 stones, each representing the different tribes, the different Shvatim. So there's 12. And on it were also written... All the names of the Shvatim. Aside from that, it also says the names of Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, and also Shifte Yeshurun. This way, there's all the combinations of letters that are found on this garment. Now, this garment, and I'm going with most Mefarshim, within it has something very special, and I'll explain. This garment, the way it was created, it was actually a long garment and it was folded into two. Hence, when it's being put on the coin gadol as a breastplate, inside of it became a pocket formation because it's, it, was, it was folded. So when it's on him, yes, when you look at it, you'll see all the 12 different stones, but really it's two layers and there's room to put something inside because it's folded. Inside is something known as the Urim V'tumim. The Urim V'tumim, also Machloik is exactly what it is, we'll go with most Mefarshim that explain it's Hashem's name written on a parchment and it's put in there. Now, Aside from it being a garment, there is something very miraculous about it. And that is, the Ulim V'tumim that were inside, they did something unbelievable. It was a type of prophecy, not just a type, but the epitome of prophecy. Because when someone had a question, and not every question could be asked, only questions that have to do with all Klal Yisrael, all the Tzibu, they came to the Kohen Gadol, and they, they told him the question. The Kohen Gadol was standing in front of the Aroin, and he asked the question, and according to most Mefarshim, the following is what happened. Miraculously, all the letters, because all the letters of the Aleph base, the Kaf base, the 22 Oisios, 22 letters were on the Choyshen. And hence, the ones that were required to say the answer to the question that was posed, for example, should we go to war? They all light up and they, Beruach HaKoydish, they come up in front of the Kohen Gadol and he sees the answer written in front of him. And then he relays it back and they know what to do. Ad Khan. What the Midrashim, what the Rishonim explain happens with the Urimim Tumim that are placed inside the Choshen, as we said, because the Choshen has a pocket formation. And by the way, they are called Urim V'tumim because Urim is from the Shon light, enlightens us the way we should go. And Tumim from the word Tam, Mushlam, perfect. This prophecy is 
extreme. It never goes back. Whatever is said is what's going to happen. And the question the run says, and it's a question that really screams out, is why does this idea of prophecy have anything to do with the Kohanim? Yes, it makes sense. It has to do with prophecy, but not Kohanim. Kohanim are not the, the, the Nvim. They're not the prophets. So what is it doing here? And he proves his question and says, maybe you'll say, yeah, but it's, it's part of the game. It's part of the garments of the Godim of the Kohen Gadol. No, that's not really true because he's medayik. He says, look carefully at the psukim. The choshen is the garment. This idea of the urim v'tumim that has the Ruach HaKodesh and miraculously gives an answer, which is Hashem's name on this parchment, that is not to do with the garments. It's something that was placed in the garment, in the pocket. So it's not to do with the, the clothing. So it should be detached and it shouldn't really be the functionality of the Kohen Gadol being in charge of getting the prophecies through this parchment where Hashem's name is written on it, i.e. through the, the Uvim Batumim. And he brings another proof because you can see you can manage everything and do the Avoidah because in the second temple by Cheney, they did not have this functionality. And there is a gem hidden in the answer of the Drash Saran. The Drash Saran takes us back and tells us, do you remember when Moshe Rabbeinu got the awesome responsibility, the tafkid of being the Shaliach, the messenger of Hashem, to take Bnei Israel out of Mitzrayim. There was HaKadosh Buch who spoke to him at the burning bush, the scene of the burning bush. And over there he tells him, I want you to lead and take Bnei Israel out of Mitzrayim. And Moshe Rabbeinu being very modest, he said, No, I can't speak properly. Eventually HaKadosh Buch who said, No, I want you to take them out. And even got upset at him a bit. Moshe Rabbeinu continued to say, Oh no, but I'm worried. Avoin's gonna be my brother. I'm worried to hurt his feelings. At the end of the day, says the Ran, there's Psukim, Britain, and Yechezkel that prove that until this point, Aaron was the Navi. The first Navi was actually Aaron, not Moshe Rabbeinu. So what in, in fact was going to happen, the Nevius was going to be taken away from Aaron, and that is what happened, and given to Moshe Rabbeinu. He was going to tell them what's going to happen. He was going to take him out of Mitzrayim, etc., etc. Moshe Rabbeinu was really worried he was going to negatively affect and hurt Awan's feelings, they didn't want to do that. HaKadosh Buhu even got upset at him at thinking like that and he, he reassured him, don't worry. The Pasuk says over there, and I think Perik Dal Pasuk Yudalet, V'samach beliboy. Not only is he not going to be upset, he's even going to be happy in his heart, which is a phenomenal thing to do. Because, says Daran, he was even being degraded because HaKadosh Buhu said to Moshe Rabbeinu, you're worried about using your mouth because you're stuttering? Don't worry, Aaron will be your mouth, which is a bit degrading. That means Aaron, not only is he not getting something important, he's getting something degrading. He's just there for a technical task, which is just to speak and convey the message Moshe Rabbeinu is actually giving to Paro and to everyone. That, 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 that's very degrading. And despite that fact, he went above nature, and he, which is the natural instinct of a person, and he was happy in his heart, and Hashem testified about it. That he was happy. Wow, that's amazing. Says the Ran, and it's not really the Ran. The Ran says it's not me. Look at the Gemara and Shabbos, Taf Kuf Lametes, 139 over there. A eh? Kuf Lametes Amudalef. The Gemara in Shabbos Mefurish says that that's why, that it's because of this way that Aaron acted. HaKadosh Buchu works with us, Mida Kenegel Mida, the same way we act. Correspondingly, HaKadosh Buchu acts with us. Even in this world, of course in the world to come, that's obvious. But even in this world, and hence, even though it's true, naturally speaking, it's the prophecy is not a functionary of the Kohen Gadol. But because Aaron eventually got to be the Kohen Gadol, in merit of the way he acted, that he was happy for his brother, despite the natural instinct that should have been, he would have been upset. Not only was he not upset, he was actually happy for his brother. In merit of that, HaKadosh Buhu said, not only are you going to get to be the Kohen Gadol, 
but you are also going to get this functionality to be in charge of the extreme, unbelievable, awesome prophecy that comes from Hashem through the Urim Vetumim, which could have been something else, not part of the Kohen Gadol, but no, it is going to be part of the Kohen Gadol. And why is it part of the Kohen Gadol to do this? Because Aaron went the extra mile to be happy. And HaKadosh Buhu who testified on it, he was happy for his brother. Continues the Drash Saran to explain to us this phenomenal concept that we should each live by. And he says, HaKadosh Buhu on purpose created the world in a way and runs the world in a way of a mahalach of midah keneged midah. Why? Because this way, if you really want to find Hashem and realize He's running the world and He's mashgiach and watches every move we take, everything we do, you can see it. Because you realize that when things happen, whatever happens, something that seems good or bad, you will be able to trace it back if you try to something that you did. And that is a gilui. It reveals that Hashem is running the world. And that's what happened over here. Bishchus in merit that Avoin acted in such a way towards his brother. And of course, it had to do with prophecy that he, despite the fact prophecy was taken away from him, he was happy. Therefore, he deserved to get prophecy in an extreme, unbelievable way. And so too, everything in life is like this. Now, of course, even though it's out there to latch onto and you can find it if you look for it and you search for it, and we know that G'doylim, every time something hurt them, they didn't just go to a doctor, they did way more than that. They tried to, Mepashpesh Vimayasehim, as the Gemara and Bracho says, you have to try to think, what did I do? It has to do with my right arm that is hurting now. There must be something I did with my right arm that was incorrect. And they were able to trace back things they did, everyone on their level. And a person shouldn't just go and get a second, third opinion, but should also think, what did I do that I got this? And the only reason Hashem does this is because He wants to show us, I am running the world and please use this to get closer to me. And then you won't need to have these negative things happen. This fakert, exactly the opposite. You can get amazing things happening to you, even in this world. And you'll be able to chase them back Why you got these amazing things. And that will, be, that will reveal to us, Hashem is running the world and not only is He running the world. There's Ashkacha Pratit and connected what we do, HaKadosh Buhu does to us. And that is what the Ran says we can learn. Hidden in this Parsha, this unbelievable thing. Now, of course, HaKadosh Buhu can't make it blatantly obvious because if HaKadosh Buhu does that, we already know this whole world runs on optical illusions. The Teva, nature that Hashem creates, which we already said many times, Teva in Gematria is 86. Ha Teva is Gematria 86, the same as Elohim because Hashem hides behind nature. So yes, there is an element that Hashem is hiding Himself within nature. And that is because HaKadosh Baruch can't make it too blatantly obvious that He's running the world because then there'll be no room for freedom of choice. If everyone knows the second he does an Avera, he gets zapped and something happened to him, obviously he's going to keep the Torah, obviously he's going to do the Torah and mitzvahs. That we'll see in Oilam Abba, but in this world, it's not going to be so obvious because there has to be room for believing in HaKadosh Baruch and freedom of choice or else the whole point of the world, Hashem wanted to create the world in a way that we'll be able to get reward for what we do. And the reward we get only makes sense if we chose to do something. But if it's so obvious and it's almost the choice was taken away from us, well, Hashem can shower us with good in Olam Abba, but we won't feel good about it. It's like someone showering with presents and you didn't do anything to deserve it. First present, maybe you're happy. Then you get already, you feel, you don't feel so good. Hashem wants us to optimize the feeling of good that we're going to have, especially in the eternal world. I said this over to my dear friend, Rabbi Eli Kempf, who, as you all know, I have a ton of akalas atoiv to him because he, he, behind my back, created the website for me and he's in charge of the podcast. And he said a wonderful addition that I would like to share with you. And he said, as we know, that this parsha always falls around the time of Purim. This year it's a leap year, so it's around the time of Purim cotton. And he wants to suggest that perhaps another 
idea why this happens in this way is precisely the Nakuda we're saying. That if one were to look at the scenes that happen in Purim, we know Purim, Megillas Esther, Chazal tell us Esther, Milshon Haster, Astir Panay, Hashem is hiding himself within the nature, and that is screaming out that perspective in what happened, the, the events that occurred at the time of Purim. If you look at every scene, standalone, okay, that's normal. You read the headings, the headlines in a newspaper. Yes, Esther was taken to be queen. Okay, very nice. But when you look at everything and connected dots, and you look for a Kaddish Buhu, then you can find it. And you'll see Hashem's running the show and everything. And there is Atan also in Purim, by the way, also in Pesach. Mida Keneged Mida. Bnei Israel acted a certain way. That's why this happened to them. Vashti was the first one that tried to stop Beis Mikdash from being built without getting into details. She was the first one to die, etc., etc. And it's unbelievable how it unfolds. There's a lot of Mida Keneged Mida, the same idea we're talking about in Purim. And of course, we know in Pesach, all the Makus were like that, the plagues. They tried to make us clean and sweeps, sweep the floors, so now everything is dirty by them. They woke us up in the middle of the night, so to the frogs are waking them up in the middle of the night, and so on and so on. And that is how Kaddish Buchu runs the world, and that is also what Yisroi saw, which means Yitro was amazed, and he looked. But you have to look for a Kaddish Buchu, not just live life as if everything just happens. We know Safek, okay, I'm not sure why things happen. That's the same as Gimatria's Amalek. A person has to realize everything happens for a purpose. And that's exactly the story of Purim. And that's also, perhaps, why in the Megillah, Hashem's name is also not written. Because it's also hidden. But it's there. And if you look for it, you'll see it screaming in your face. But you have to look for it. Yiratzon will take this concept of living our lives and looking for HaKadosh Buhu and not trying to associate everything with some nature cause or something that happened and this happened and you listen to news especially now. How much do we have to show HaKadosh Buhu? We know HaKadosh Buhu, it's all you. We're not, it's not America and it's not this and this ship and that or whatever's going on in the world. It's all you HaKadosh Buhu. Ain oid milvado. We know that's an unbelievable skula and how we need to really tap into this idea of realizing that Kodesh Buhu is running the world because that is going to be the energy, the power that's going to allow the soldiers to, to, to be able to be kept safe and do the amazing Mesirus Nefesh they're doing for us. And we should help them with our Davin Phyllis in this frame of mind of realizing that Kodesh Buhu is running the show. I would just like to end with a story that happened Mamish last week. A very, very, very close friend of mine told me this. He's older than me. I don't want to say his name because I didn't get permission from him to say this over yet. But and if you're very interested, you can email me and I'll see if he allows me to say his name. But he has one more son at home that hasn't got married yet and he's in Shiduchim. And he went to Shidduch, fine. They did homework. Is this a person that's fitting for our family? Yeah, Matim. Okay, let's go. So he meets this girl. He goes on the first date in some hotel in Yerushalayim. They meet each other. He comes home. The kid, or the Bachar, I should say, is flying high. He's so excited. Everything's geschmack. Everything's great. He tells his parents, it was amazing. Yeah, I want to go another time. So the parents call up the Shadchanit, the matchmaker. And they say, okay, let's go. We want to go for a second date. Everything was good. Did the other side feel the same? And once they, and the Shadchanit goes, okay, great. Once they get into the fine details, this literally happened not, not so long ago. I'll tell you in a second. When they get into the little details, they realize, whoa, what's the name of the girl? That's not the girl I set him up with. And they realized, Somehow, it was two different people, Mistama. There was another Shidduch date set up in the same place at the same time. Guess who orchestrated that? HaKadosh Buhu. But the problem was, they had no idea who this girl was. They didn't know how to get a hold of her. I don't know how. I don't know what. He assumed he knew her name. He didn't ask her name. Don't ask me these things. But at the end of the day, this is for sure in reality what happened. I know the father of this Bachor. And they couldn't figure out who the person was. 
and time goes by and goes by. And meanwhile, they're offering other girls, and he says no. He tells the shetchani, no, I don't want any other girl. This is the girl I want. I want to continue dating her. Six months passed. Because the Kodesh orchestrates the show. Six months passed until they finally could figure out who the girl was. And this was six months ago, or a bit more. That's six months, six and a half months ago. Last week, they got engaged. And Yimut Hashem, they're getting married. And why am I sharing with you with this story? Because it's 100% true because it's a very good friend of mine. And second of all, it screams out, how a person can have many thoughts in his heart. But what's going to, at the end, dominate and happen? And if we live by that and realize that Kodesh is running the show and everything that happens to us, even in this world, is a malach of midah keneged midah, and says the Ran Hashem did it bedavka like that so that we can find a Kodesh Buhu, then if we live life like that, then we'll be zoiche, emirze Hashem, to get ourselves a lot closer to Mashiach Tzidkenu and all the enemies will run away from us, like it says in the Navi. Have a good Shabbos. This week's sponsorship is provided by the Weitzner family in loving memory of their father and grandfather. May it be in Aliyah and Neshama for Moishichil Ben Meir. This concludes another episode of the Prism of Torah. Thank you for tuning in today. We hope you enjoyed it and learned something valuable. If you did, please subscribe to the podcast and give a five-star rating. You can also find this podcast wherever you get your podcasts or our own website, prismofterror.com, where we have a full archive of all our past episodes. We would like to thank Yona Veffa for the recording equipment and Ellie Podcast Productions for handling all our post-podcast productions. Join us next week for another lightning conversation on the Prism of Terror.